Welcome to the Get Loved Up podcast. I'm Koya Webb, founder of Get Loved Up, where we inspire you to love yourself more, love others more, and love the planet more. Each week, I'll interview a special guest who will share their insights on how they practice daily self-care, tackle tough challenges in life, and thrive in the world one breath at a time. You will be inspired to take control of your life as you heal yourself mentally, spiritually, and physically, and create a reality in alignment with your deepest passions. Let's get loved up. Alright, you guys, we are here with Ty Bouchard. This woman is amazing, first of all. Like, I mean, <laughs> your light, your glow, your energy, what you Thank bring you. the world is, is just so epic. And I'm so honored to have you here speaking with us today. I am so happy to be here because the first time we met was when I was doing, we were both doing the Harry Connick Jr. show. Yeah. I had heard her name before, but didn't know you personally. I'm moving to LA. It was around the time I was still living in New York or going back and forth. And so it's good to be here in your space and sunny LA. LA, LA, LA. And you're here now. We got you. LA has you. Technically. (gasps) Don't um, do it. No, so... (laughs) So honestly, I am in a uber space of transition right now that, that has been probably the longest transition in the entire world or universe. I w- I've been here for the last two years, but traveling extensively, both with work and family, pleasure, and then I was shooting a travel show. Um, LA, I love what LA represents as a lifestyle. So that was part of the reason that I came out here. But right now, legit, I am in between places. I don't have a home anywhere. I'm just traveling and trying to figure out whether or not I'm going to keep planted in L.A., whether or not I'm going to go to New York, whether or not I'm going to go to London, whether or not I'm going to go to Paris, whether or not I'm going to go to Bali. So when you when we start talking like for real, for real, like what's really going on in Taibo Shamp's life? um, Well, what I will say is that um, God's grace, because but for amen. Wow. Yeah. Way to open up. That's a beautiful way to open up. So just to let you know, she's kind of fierce. No big deal. Uh, Yes. And so, yeah, my whole thing is, yeah, my book, Let Your Fears Make You Fierce. And you've done that time and time again. Yeah. So can you speak to, I mean, did you just walk out the womb fierce? Or was there a buildup? So what I will tell you about how I walked out of the womb, I think there was a certain level of fierceness that was there because... Statistically, I shouldn't be who I am and where I am statistically. I was born to young teenage parents in Newark, New Jersey. Fortunately, both my parents are college educated and graduate school educated, but for the grace of God, my grandparents who um, swooped in to make sure that I was good, make sure that they were good and extended family and nurtured me. So I think I did walk out of the womb, if not fierce, they were very intentional about helping me to understand my possibilities and not not relying on what people say is designed for you, but knowing that God has really instilled something in you that is powerful and uh, magnificent and great, and they helped me to live up to that. I will say that, you know, at around the age of four, and then again when I was nine, I knew that I had a divine purpose um, and a divine calling that was bigger than me and wasn't going to singularly be about me and my growth or place in this world. So, mm. yeah, I'm that is so powerful. Hey, that is so you. powerful. And when do you feel like, when did you really know, like, kind of, and I know you've done a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, very multidimensional. What do you feel like, like, in high school and college, what do you feel like was that 
first, I guess, light bulb switch to say, this is what I want to do. I want to do this, this, and this. I don't, you know, I, I, what I will tell you is I, I, I think I've had many of those light bulb moments, which is why I've always pivoted right. and have been able to pivot because I'm never attached to the what. Mm-hmm. I'm attached to my why. And so my attachment to my why dictates and predicates where and how I move and when I move, which is, you know, I, I mean, I flunked out of biology during <laughs> during college at Spelman. So I knew I wasn't going to be a doctor anymore. It was like, OK, I'm out of there. I sat down with a mentor who um, knew that I had loved fashion and I had some experience in the fashion industry as a as a teenager. Um, I modeled. And so I love fashion, but I was always a writer. And he said, why don't you become a fashion writer? I was like, ding, 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 ding. Of course, that makes sense, right? Like, why wouldn't I do that? I love magazines. Harper Bazaar was plastered all over my wall. Like, I loved storytelling and, and magazines. And so that was a ding, ding moment. Right. And, you know, I was fortunate to be able to work at some amazing titles and amazing brands at the height of the publishing career um, industry. I mean. And you were very young. You were the youngest African-American woman to become beauty director at Seventeen Magazine when I was 25. So this was before Instagram. Right. I mean, I'm 42. So this was 17 years ago. Um, And so uh, 17 years ago. And you don't Uh, look a day older than 25. Thank you. I'm trying. Listen, someone asked me, um, a, a guy friend of mine asked me what my training goals were. I was like to feel 20 years younger. To look between ten and fifteen, to to look between ten and fifteen years younger, mm-hmm. and to when I decide to have a baby in the next year or two with the partner and the husband, to be able to bounce back and get back to this body in mm. eight months. So those are my traits. So thank you. I work at it very very hard. <laughs> Amen. And continuing the fierceness. Right. Look, I mean, it's work. Yeah. yeah. It looks really good. Yeah. What would you say has been, you know, like having that at such a young age? Yeah. You know, and having that level of success. I know that brings up a lot of okay. I gotta keep mm-hmm. setting the bar. Yeah. It's like when you hit goals, people think it's gonna stop. No, you just set more goals. Right. Facts. There wasn't like, oh, I've arrived. Facts. And so, and you said something too I want to dive a little bit into, is your why. Yeah. You know, because you have a lot of accolades. Yeah. And what is your why? My why is to really impact uh, women and girls, especially. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think my why really comes, and most of our whys, I think if you drill down on it, it can be something that you were gifted with or blessed with or have a talent at. But usually our whys are inspired by either the environments that we grow up in and or a pain point. Mm-hmm. Recognizing that there is something that you can fix and only your gifts, your talents, and your passions can help fix it. And so I think for me, my why is uh, celebrating and empowering women and girls. Um, and the reason why that's important to me is because my grandmother did it for me. My gr- other grandmother did it for me. My mother did it for me. Um, my cousins did it for me. I went to an all-girls high school. I went to an all-women's college. So those really inspired my why. My closest girlfriends do it for me when I'm not feeling my best. Um, and so I, I, that's, that's the, the trigger and I think the impetus for my why. Um, and I said with that, you know, when you understand business, which is something I'm very passionate about, I, I mean, it's so interesting having become talent and moving in front where, you know, You've done some research, but most younger people who see me now in the fashion space or on TV or on camera don't realize that I've had this 
background of creating and building brands like Oprah Magazine, like mm -hmm. Seventeen, and helping to design those by Vixen, um, or working with brands like Procter and Gamble and Walmart and InStyle. Right, and, you, you put a lot of skin in the game. Yeah, and as I would say, but, but people, but a lot of people would don't necessarily know that. Right. I think also when you I think when you're a physical and aesthetic person, right. There is this marginalization of it, but also I built my own company that I've had for 14 years. Um, even though every day I'm like, oh, am I doing this again? Because um, <laughs> entrepreneurship is not easy, and so I also think it's so amazing that everyone sees it like as the holy grail. But in that holy grail, there is a serious cross to bear as right. well, um, and it takes a lot. So you asked about like how do you um, stay excited and fearless as you pivot and you move mm -hmm. and um, I think for me, what has been critical is not a desire to stay relevant, but a desire to impact in new ways. Because mm -hmm. once it would be one thing, no, no shade to anyone who works in publishing or who is a traditional journalist or writer, but the reality is that industry progresses, right? And so as industry is progressing as it is right now, the value of the impact changes and shifts if you're still staying a magazine editor. So I was always thinking about ways that I could create more impact and really celebrate people, women and girls especially, but connect to my why. So when I left publishing the first time, it was part burnout. They wore me out. I was worn out. I was worn out. And I was 26 <laughs> years old, right? And having had all of this status, all of the eyes on me and... Um, and, you know, and quite frankly, not having the wisdom, mm. because let me just tell you, 26 year old, mm -hmm. you might be gifted, you might be talented, you might be passionate, but wisdom comes with age, mm. living and experience. And um, so I didn't have the wisdom, but what I did, um, did do and did have was wherewithal to figure out a way that I was going to feel uh, like my why was really important and mattered. And so I built a program that is still institutionalized at Rutgers University. It's a job readiness training program that trains thousands of kids every year in Newark, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. um, so I started that 13, 14 years ago, 13 or 14 years ago. And I've just always been trying to figure out ways that I can impact. So quite frankly, this period of transition for me right now is not about me not having a physical space or hub or place to be, but it's about really being thoughtful and intentional about how I'm going to impact uh, more people, um, and not for any reason that is vanity or ego. Right. Um, I actually was having a conversation with a friend the other day who attended an event with me, and people would be very surprised to know, like, I can get on stage and own the stage, I can present, I can, you know, do all of that and happily and gloriously. But I'm an introvert, so I don't necessarily get all of my energy from external sources. Right. It's sitting still in an amazing space and being focused and being in prayer. So um, I was overwhelmed. I'm like, this is great. Hi, everyone. Hey, 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 hey. He was like, I think you said hi to like about 45 people. I was like, probably. Wow. And, you know, I think in this, this, this space of social media elevation and social media growth, you have individuals who are able to present because it's a platform mm -hmm. and it's not an engaging platform right. and we take for granted really what human connection and the importance of human connection is in that space so um, I'm learning a lot about myself and I think during this transition it's just about recognizing that the gifts the talents and the passions that I have 
um, I want to use them for good. Mm. And I want to impact more people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's so, beautiful. So I'm figuring out how to do that. So let's talk about it a little bit because I feel like I meet a lot of women in that transition space. Yeah. Of going to, especially having a yoga teacher training school, I have a lot of women that have gone from that nine to five or gone to mm-hmm. that burnout job where I'm like, look, mm-hmm. I'm done. This is burnout. I'm being overused, overworked, or maybe I'm doing a lot, but I'm not really being able to express myself mm-hmm. like I want to express myself. Mm-hmm. So they kind of self-care, self-love, get their yoga certification or go go through the course just to love themselves up. But then they're stuck to where, but how am I going to make that kind of money? And you have a lot of experience with that. So can you kind of help the person listen, just kind of how to get from like that point of, okay, I had all this talent I was using. I had all the the money I wanted, the Mm -hmm. accolades. I'm a young now entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. but uh, I can only make so much teaching a yoga class. And so what do you have? First and foremost, this is going to be an unpopular thing to say, Mm -hmm. but the reality is everyone is not going to earn the type of living that they desire to earn just because they're passionate about something. Mm -hmm. It's facts. Yeah. I mean, it's just the, unfortunately, when we look at how business and entrepreneurship works, you need people who are to purchase your services. And so we have oversaturation of certain certain mm-hmm. industries. And so you don't feel like there's space for everybody? I don't think that it's realistic that everyone is going to earn and everyone's going to be the Koya web. Mm-hmm. It's just not, it's just, it's, it's not fact. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that, that drills down on numbers, supply and demand. Right. That's business. Right. Um, what I do believe is that everyone needs to be able to apply and employ their gifts, their talents, and their passions. Mm-hmm. You have to have an outlet for it. Mm-hmm. Now, you might not necessarily do it as a full-time living. Right. That's just reality. So I think that, you know, similar to what I say to young people as we talk about social media and, you know, there are influencers who are making millions, there are influencers who are making tens of thousands, there are some who are making hundreds of thousands, and then there are other people who call themselves influencers and making nothing. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference? What is the, what is the key to getting to those hundred thousands versus someone is like, I'm trying, but I'm, I'm not, it's not working for me. Um, there are so many factors. Everyone doesn't have that. First of all, we're- The it factor? Is it the it factor? It's not just about an it factor. It's like, that's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. I think part of the challenge right now in the space that we live in mm-hmm. is that everyone believes that because they're beautiful, because they have a talent, because they're gifted, because they're passionate, that should be enough. Mm-hmm. supply and demand does not work that way so we're, we're there's the tipping point is going to happen and I'll give you this case in point mm-hmm. I saw um, a friend's daughter who I hadn't seen in a little uh, in a while um, 11 year old and I said oh my god my you have grown so much mm-hmm. what are you doing good at school like how's happening she's like oh who likes school I said I understand I, I was like I get it I get it mine <laughs> like I get it I understand like they're but you got to go and kill it. Like you're practicing, you're developing, you know, strength and muscles to exercise resilience for when certain things don't work out the same mm-hmm. you want. This is, that's life. Well, what do you want to be when you grow up? TikTok famous. Ma'am. Mm. So, so is everybody going to be TikTok famous? Right. First of all, TikTok is not going to be around in 15 years. Mm-hmm. So the efforts that you've put into being TikTok famous, rather than developing a skill set, a talent that is going to be applicable that you can actually fine-tune, reinvent, pivot mm-hmm. to have sustainability and long-term. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, what I say mm-hmm. is that if you have an outlet, 
and it gives you so much joy. Those, those things that you do, when you are able to employ your gifts, your talents, your passions, I talk about this in Beyond Ready, which mm -hmm. is my online learning platform. Um, when you employ your gifts, your talents, and your passions, you should feel so fulfilled that that gives you energy to do the certain things that I don't wanna do. You think I feel like looking at QuickBooks? Mm -hmm. You think I, absolutely not. Do you think that I feel like sometimes writing presentations? Absolutely not. What I'm great at is presenting and, 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 and coming up with ideas. Do you think I feel like researching certain things? Absolutely not. So the reality is, is that entrepreneurship, I think, is an outlet and a vehicle that we should all explore to some degree. But the reality of believing that everyone is going to make millions being an entrepreneur is a fallacy. But what is it that you feel <clears throat> like the people that get it? Because mm -hmm. I feel like there are some... You know, everyone's not going to do it. True facts, okay. right? We know that. We see that facts. But I do believe that there is something that people do. To do it, to to do do it, it successfully. successfully. Okay, so what are, what are the tools that most successful or people who achieve? I, I have a problem with the word success. I struggle with that. Mm -hmm. um, and, I can, and we can unpack that, we can too. Unpack, we can I unpack that I next. Struggle I, the, I, I struggle with the word success. You can, you can kind of hear that I, I'm, I'm probably a lot more thoughtful about the status quo than mm -hmm. most people, um, where I'm always trying to drill down, like really like, so looking at what happens pragmatically and practically, mm -hmm. and then how do we um, fuel that mm -hmm. and, and advance that from an emotional, spiritual, right. and psychological standpoint. I think but that's I a think beautiful thing. But I think I'm very thing. pragmatic though. Right, I think that's a beautiful thing because if someone should be focused on doing something that makes their soul sing rather than making six figures, then that's, that's the thing. That, but, but the challenge is, is now everyone believes that they- That, that six figures is gonna make them happy. Six, six figures is gonna make them happy and or we attach dollars to our soul. Mm. Which, which, is, which, which is the commercialization of everything to begin with anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have to, I think, look at them sometimes as mutual, mutually exclusive entities and mm -hmm. prioritize what is of the greatest value to us at a given moment, mm. right? So if it's being soulful, if it's being intentional about the core, feed that, mm -hmm. fuel that. When you gotta pay bills, Feed that and fuel that too, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. So I think that there has to be some harmony in that. Um, what was what we? And I think also it, we can pivot all the way, all the way through this conversation because oh, that's cool. that's me, that's hey, you, and that's that's, yeah. that's the way we're going with this conversation. So oh, well, you were asking about some of the specific tips. So here's the yes. other thing. Okay, let me give you some specifics. But I'm going to give you a little bit more dialed okay, in on that. Yeah. So someone specific tips for someone who wants to be financially stable and abundant pursuing their passion. Okay. So first and foremost, and, and I'm going to do this in the, in the context of um, recognizing that there is not a lack of desire amongst anyone mm -hmm. to be in that space. Um, so first and foremost, I think differentiate yourself with real skill, mm -hmm. real skill. Um, I imagine now. I imagine that you know perhaps Oprah's not doing this at this point, but I know even at my stage right now, if I'm going out for an audition, I call my coach. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I still, I still. Oh, yeah, Oprah has two coaches. I, so I, I still work with coaches, like, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? So there is no get to a place, get the certification from how can you continue to advance? So I think oftentimes when people call themselves experts, I'm usually like question mark. Mm-hmm. How do you substantiate that? Right. And how do you resubstantiate that um, time and time again? Because industry is constantly evolving, especially with um, the advancement and the, the access that we have to information. So that's first and foremost. The other thing is that I believe wholeheartedly, and I don't know if this, I, I've just got to this place at 42 years old. No, I got there probably about three or four years ago. <laughs> Partner, mm-hmm. you don't have to be on an island doing things. Figure out ways to develop strategic partners. I think also, especially for women, especially black women, I, mm-hmm. I will say. Um, I was blessed with the gift and the, the, um, the mis, uh, misinformation of my mother and my grandmother who told me not to depend on anyone. Mm. And so what that seeded in me was not only deep drive, which is amazing, right. um, but it also seeded and fueled within me the thought that I had to do it alone because no one else was going to be there with me doing it. Mm-hmm. As someone who has been an entrepreneur for the last 14 years, what I know now is that I would have partnered strategically early. Mm. Since, since we're in this space of wellness, love, abundance, coaching, yoga, health, meditation, Oprah partnered with the King Brothers. Mm. You know, their, their partnership is essential. Um, and so as you're building your business, figure out ways, if not to have a business partner, figure out ways to have a consortium and a group of people that you can rely on one for support and insight, but also that you can build business with. Right. Recognize to your point of understanding abundance that there is plenty of us, plenty of it out there for all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the other thing. The other thing is, you know, business plans are obviously necessary when you're looking to get funding. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is be willing to pivot. Don't be so married to an idea for an extended period of time if insights from industry are te- telling you that it's going in a different direction. Right. So I think so many times we're so fixated on whatever that one idea is. What is the opportunity to expand and or to um, curtail in some ways are thinking about it. Um, the other thing is that I actually don't think there's anything wrong with having a full-time job while you build your business. Mm. Yeah. You know, when people say to me, I'm quitting, I'm like, Okay, but again, your gifts, your talents, and your passions on their own won't pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And I'm also a believer that we're not meant to struggle. I I believe that there is meant to be healthy stretching. I believe that we're meant to be expanded, but we're not meant to struggle. So I think oftentimes when you take that on, you know, um, unnecessarily, then it creates this this push-pull. And then... Lastly, when it comes to business, one of the things that I've learned, make sure you hire a good bookkeeper, mm-hmm. make sure you have the right accountant, and make sure you have the right financial advisor. That's really, really important. And I think to just say you're an entrepreneur, substantiate that with, with having those people around you in order to help you really build. Right. I, I, I have to definitely second that because I remember... Um, finding my, you know, accountant and, yeah. and business advisor. And I remember 
telling them like, I need you because if I know I got someone keeping my money straight, I can feel confident when I go out there and secure multiple streams of income. income. Exactly. Because it's scary when you think about taxes and people going to jail. And you know, there's been a lot of people, entrepreneurs, and they just stacking coin. It's like, but you gotta think about how you're doing it, the people you're hiring, how you're hiring. All those you gotta things. pay attention to laws. Like it's not just to like make money however you wanna make all kind those of things. World. And all so those things. I think that's really, really great advice. And I think a lot of people don't look at that and they feel like, oh, I can just do this thing because I saw someone else did it on Instagram and made this money. And they're like, wait, why are they in jail? What happened? What you happened? Know? What happened? And, but I think that's, that's so, such a good thing to kind of point on. And also, because I haven't done this on the podcast before, like I don't know how much you're into like investing and stuff like that, but I would definitely want to chat about that. And yeah, no, I'm happy. I'm happy. So I have invested uh, sometimes foolishly Mm -hmm. um, and other businesses. And I also, quite frankly, have learned a lot from my own financial mistakes because I recycled at one point when I was in New York, I had a staff of eight people, had an office and, you know, so I was recycling money back into the business. One of the other things I learned is like, if you, especially if you have a product, probably less so as a full service, but no, hindsight is 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, when I started the Thai life, had I known, really where the internet was gonna go, I should have started it probably like five years before. Mm. And I could have easily probably sold it somewhere. But when I went into the market with it, it was an oversaturation, right? Mm. And so it's not gonna work. The other thing is if, see who's willing to invest in your business. That's mm -hmm. always a good indication of whether or not you have a solid business model, right. whether or not you've thought about the multiple revenue streams, whether or not you have, have support and interest from people, not just friends and family. And obviously the first round of getting investment is usually friends and family, but show it to people who are non-friends and family, who are real investors to see whether or not they think it's a viable idea. And I don't think it's anything wrong with getting investment. That holds you accountable and it holds other people accountable to support you in your growth of your business too. That's something else too with starting a business. I was like, I believe in having a board of advisors and not people that are just gonna be your cheerleaders and be like, yeah, girl, you did it. Yeah, I believe in mm -hmm. you, I believe in you. The people are gonna ask the critical questions of you so that you're thinking differently, right. which is what I'm in the process of doing right now. I'm literally in the process of putting together a self-survey that I'm sending out to both personal friends and professional friends to find out how they see me and how they view me and where they think there's white space and green, you know, white space for me to grow, right. um, both professionally and personally. So that's huge. I think that's so important. I remember I sent out a similar questionnaire, and I was shocked by people that were like, "I'm not gonna like," that are scared to tell you the truth. Oof. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder. I like, really want to know. Are you really my friend? Like, mm. I'm like because I don't want you to feel like one. I got all the answers. I got mm. everything figured out. And. Mm. You could tell me anything. What else are you telling me that you're not telling me because you think you're going to hurt my feelings? It might help me grow. It should. And so I think that's very a, a beautiful thing to be able to reach out to your friends because they know you the best. They see you every day. Um, and I'm so grateful for the friends and family members that wrote back because some of the advice that I've gotten yeah. from the culture has helped me profoundly, even about spending time. Like, wow. and this is one thing I want to unpack too. Like, I remember one of the thing that I feedback I got the most is that you don't spend enough personal time with, wow. with people. And so this year, 50% work, 50% self-care and hanging out, seeing my family. It's part of the self-care. It's part of it. Yeah. And so, and, but I wouldn't have known that mm. because I'm thinking when people call me, I go out, I try to check in, I yeah. do, I, you know, text and yeah, message. Yeah. 
but it's different quality time is different than just checking on someone or wishing someone a happy birthday. So. And I think also like we we can't see our blind spots. Right. A blind spot is a blind spot. Mm -hmm. And I think um, I don't know for me as I drill down on reflecting on all the mistakes that I've made as well as all of the achievements that I ha have had and uh, places and in, in areas of my life where I want to be intentional, mm -hmm. like love, mm -hmm. like where's my husband? <laughs> Which we definitely got to unpack that. We where definitely got to <laughs> So like those blind spots are yeah. key for other people. So you to send kind of, in and out. You're like, I need y'all to oh, let I'm, me know. I am, I am very clear. So good. And actually it's been working in my clarity. I've always been a super girls girl. And probably about like three years ago, I started, I had some guy friends. Like I have... Mm -hmm some for real, for real guy friends that I spend time with. But over the last three years, the, that circle has expanded. And I think it's because my energy has also shifted too. Mm. So yes, L-O-V-E. L-O-V-E. So Lifelong. what is going on in the love life? Um, you know, I'm dating. I'm trying to date. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I'm trying to be open to that process and, you know, I think the other thing that has been a real learning from I lost my grandmother last May and was a caregiver to her um, until I moved out here to L.A. for um, she was sick for 13 years. And so I spent 12 of the 13 years um, taking care of her with my mother. Um, and it was a very, very challenging um, illness It's learning to be vulnerable mm -hmm. um, and not just saying it, but it's 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 very interesting to open up to that space. I have spent time in relationships. I don't want people to think so funny. Someone sent me something on, on online that mm -hmm. said that some website that was talking about how I never talk about my love life. Mm. And I don't. I'm very private, but I'm being very intentional about saying I want love now. Like, yes. uh, like it's, but it was so funny, like on this site, it was like, you know, though she says she was engaged, I was engaged when I was 25. Um, She's she's never like been out with anyone publicly or anything like that. And I was like, so maybe they think that I'm hiding somebody or maybe they I don't know what they. So I have dated and have been in situationships as well as some relationships. Um, <laughs> what are situations? You know, you know, there's a there's a difference between them. No. Um, <laughs> there is a difference between yes, a situation. No, that's my first time with the situation. Oh goodness, the um, the kids taught me that one. Um, <laughs> um, so the relationship is when you're clear that you're you're growing, mm -hmm. either as a collective or individually, mm -hmm. right? Like where you're like, I'm relating to this person. Situationship, which lasted very long, I will say, mm -hmm. love for sure. Mm -hmm. But love at a love with its convenience, right? Love with um, all of the nuances around what mitigates it or 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 hinders it from going to something deeper. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and there was love, yeah, and real care. But for a long time, I wasn't sure if I wanted to get married. Mm -hmm. I think I, for a long time, I was like, I'll, I, I'm fine with a life partner. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with. You know, not a baby daddy. I don't. I don't. I, I. I decided even after freezing my eggs that I wasn't gonna have a kid by myself. Like I have no. Because now that I'm clear about this independent woman thing, and that's no slight to any independent woman. Go for it. If that's the narrative that you want to choose, I want help. 
Yeah. I want support. Yeah. I believe it. Mm -hmm. um, that is going to help me to uh, continue to elevate to the next level. So, um, yeah, situationship was interesting. Mm -hmm. Now I'm ready for partnership, mm -hmm. love, mm. a deep, deep spiritual connection, mm. um, and shared spiritual values. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people find themselves in what you call a situationship mm -hmm. because. I mean, some people will call it a relationship, but the fact that there are no, you're not really articulating the commitment. Right. Right? Yeah. And so what but, is, So you knew what a situationship was. Well, you just explained <laughs> it to me, and I kind of, I'm saying what it, what it sounds like, like to yeah, me, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that is deep, because, it, you know, for me, that is a relationship, but I feel like society, we have... Things should look like this, A, B, C, mm -hmm. and D. Mm -hmm. But I think everything that's teaching us via social media, mm -hmm. movies, um, music, mm -hmm. it's a lot of situationshipness yeah, there going is. on. It's and like so it's like so it's like this is what we're inputting into our consciousness. Yeah. So I like to talk about kind of like how you move from like, okay, I want something more. Because I feel like you really do have to be intentional, just like you are with your business, because you know, about what it is that you're really wanting in order to so, have So just for real, like seriously, you have to be intentional. I say that, you know, especially to younger women um, who are so focused on the career mm -hmm. as I was, because mm -hmm. that was what I was taught. I wasn't as focused on the relationship. Um, oftentimes we do it to the detriment of our self-care. Yeah. Sometimes we do it to the detriment of healing our spiritual, emotional, and psychological wounds. Like you gotta be intentional about anything that you believe you want in this world, your finances. And I'm working at that. Like how do I carve out time to be intentional about that? I have a girlfriend um, um, who, Gracia, who's just like, I'm spending three hours a week working on my finances. Intentionality. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes fear factor, whatever it is, like it's hard to do, right. um, but that's intentional. So. I think when I, I moved from that to, um, I moved from being okay with the situationship, because it was a great situationship. Mm -hmm. We traveled the world, you know, we spent great time. Mm -hmm. He advised with my business, like the great, great moments. Um, but when I got clear, like, I really want to share life with someone, mm -hmm. like. And it wasn't possible with that person? Um, with this With this person, like, you know, he's just in a different place than I am. Divorced, older man, father of children, mm -hmm. you know, um, moving on to another career after having a very illustrious and, you know, so we were just in different spaces. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew that when, when we met, but I never expected it to become anything more than a friendship, nonetheless a situationship. Mm -hmm. um, so when I got to that place, Probably about four years ago is when I think I started to get restless being in New York. Maybe five years ago, four and a half, five, five years ago. I was like, what's next? You know, what does that look like for right. me? And, you know, I, I prayed on it because I'm a person of faith. Um, and it, what kept coming back to me is even with the training and the teachings of my mother and my grandmother who demonstrated excellency as single black women was I want to be excellent with mm -hmm. and alongside and fully, not partially, not in these quadrants of life, not with the travel life, not in the business life, not in this part, but like in my full life. 
And it just became clear to me. Hmm. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Clarity is a beautiful thing. Oh my God. And sometimes it's like hard to like, you get clear, you're like, now I got to put in all this work because once your, once your vision is there, mm -hmm. it still requires a lot of steps in order to actualize that. And in relationship, you have to also be intentional about how you develop yourself so that you're prepared for that relationship. Right. So that's a whole other level of work and intentionality. And I know you say you wanted to talk about love. Yes. So what is love? What is your definition? Oh my gosh. Love meets you where you are, but it challenges you to where you want to go. Mm. Love is full. Mm. Love is hopeful. Love is promising. Love is intentional. Love is God. Love is um, elevating. You love eating? I like eating. I don't love Are eating you? anymore. Oh, no? <laughs> you should. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of hungry right now. You don't love eating. I'm, I'm like, in the what? middle of a fast, too, right now. So I think it's like, so, like you, you gave me this big old mason jar of water. I was like, I do. Like, so look, I, I am a foodie, so mm -hmm. I enjoy amazing food. I, maybe a situation, I was going to say, maybe a situational, no, maybe a circumstantial since I just started this today. Mm. Ask me in three weeks if I like eating when, okay. I'm, ba when I'm back to gorging. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I you like, love food. I love food. Okay. I like drinking more than I like eating is part of the problem. Alcohol That's or just water? Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm fasting, y'all. Like, no, I was like, God, I need a level of clarity <laughs> so I can stop blaming it on the uh, alcohol. Don't blame it on the alcohol. <laughs> So, so you, you love, you feel in love, you feel that you have reached this level of, you know, in yourself, in your business, like you're loving yourself, you love all the things you're creating, don't know where you're pivoting to. I don't know if I love all the things I'm creating. I feel fortunate to create a lot of the things that I am, but it's a process, you know, so as a producer and as a creator, <clears throat> I'm like right now have two deals that are being negotiated that for concepts that I developed two and three years ago. Mm. You know, so people don't realize that that's such a process. I mean, you're constantly still meeting. We shot the first season of Lens of Culture on TV One, on TV One's Clio TV, which I was a producer on with Elton Anderson as my co-host. Um, it took me all over the world, which I'm really, really grateful for. Mm -hmm. I've decided I won't be going back for a season two. This is the first time really? I'm saying that publicly. Yeah, I, you know, I- this travel. Yes, but at 42, when you want to be intentional about love, you have to prioritize that. Right. If, if I'm literally on a plane when, without um, necessarily knowing, it becomes a little bit more challenging. And where, my, where I am in my life is wanting to be a lot more focused mm -hmm. on the big thing. So what is the big thing? Great, the show is coming back a second season though. It will be back. Mm -hmm. Go Elton and whoever your new co-hosts are and my team at Powerhouse Productions and the team at TV One who have been so amazing to me. Um, and I'm really, really grateful. For me, I have to, when you get back to not only self-care, but just understanding running a business, traveling for weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. You know, you also always have to ask, what is the return on investment? Right. What is the ROI mm -hmm. in life, in love, in relationships, in business? in um, the work that you do and how you spend your time. Mm -hmm. What is the ROI? And that's not to make anything necessarily so transactional mm -hmm. as much as it is to reconcile 
um, the purpose of it and the intention of it and what the yield is, not only for you, but for the impact that you want to have in the world. So right. I'm just, you know. That's beautiful because you give a lot. Yes. And it's like, so speaking of return on investment, the ROI, like how are you receiving? Yes. And with someone that has is so talented, you do so much creatively, you do so much physically. Um, and I think that is a point that I had to realize mm. that 50-50 is like, no, you need to get poured into, into. a lot. Yes. Because, you know, depending on how much you do, everyone has different levels. Like you were saying, everyone's not going to function at the same level. But the way you're functioning, you have to get a lot poured back into you. So my sister's circle, um, my mom, mm -hmm. my dad, um, my, but my, I, have, I have like the craziest network of girlfriends. Mm -hmm. Uh, crazy like I mean they're baddies but also just they hold me down and they have held me down over the last uh, three years of you know crazy transition and I have a network of amazing guy friends too <laughs> I feel like I gotta shout them out Emil Brett Jeff um, love you guys they they have held me down as well um, what makes a good girlfriend or what makes a good friend period a good friend oh my gosh here, here's one thing that I realize about people that talk about friendship and don't really live friendship. Mm. Friendship is not just showing up when the sun is shining. Mm -hmm. Friendship is calling and saying, I realize the sun is not shining. Um, here's an umbrella. Right. Um, friendship is, for me, those who are literally interceding and praying on my behalf when mm -hmm. I don't have the words to pray for myself. Mm -hmm. Friendship is laughter. Friendship is tears mm -hmm. um, or our tears. Um, friendship really has been my lifeline, mm -hmm. especially during the season of unknown. Friendship is forgiveness. Right. Friendship is thinking the best of you when you think the worst of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been crazy. Uh, I feel so fortunate though because I was really nurtured in sisterly and 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 friend tight environments. You know, going to an all girls high school and then going to Spelman, where I really like. It was always so weird to me when I would meet women who were like, "I can't deal with women." I'd be like, "No." I'd be like, "What?" <laughs> well, who are you dealing with? Like, like <laughs> what happened? What happened? Um, and then, you know, going into the world of magazines, even though um, at times it was very, very competitive, it was a, it was a, a, a women-led industry for the most part. I mean, both, I would probably say it, Oprah and Harper's and um, 17, our staff was 95% women, except mm -hmm. for the few guys on the sales side and maybe a couple that were in editorial. Um, so I, I just really have an appreciation for that. It actually made it a lot more surprising over the last, well, Jeff and Emil have been friends for a long time, but Brett and Steve and just other friends, like platonic friends right. <clears throat> that have come into my life, um, or even maybe the ones that are less platonic, but pl platonic for now until we see what if. Um, <laughs> Just how I've been able to receive that. And I think that that's also in my desire to meet love mm -hmm. and rise up to love and experience love fully. Me learning that those pieces of me that are divinely feminine, how to lean into those mm -hmm. as well as the masculine. Right. And so I think, you know, there has been a, a very interesting, I, I don't like to use this term because I don't think that men are hard and women are soft, 
but there's been this di divinely kind of like natural and organic acceptance and celebration of my true femininity. Mm. Like really. And what does that look like for you? It looks like compassion. It looks like um, being unafraid to be emotional. It, it looks like sharing my truth regardless of how painful it is because I realize that truth is who we are. It is, it is celebrating all of this physical being and honoring it, mm -hmm. like fully honoring it, which is why like working out is so important to me. It's getting a Brazilian wax. <laughs> hey. I leave my wax session and I'm like, Lord, God is good. <laughs> I can't get wax. I feel like they make all these ingrown hairs and I just can't. I'm a shaver. Yeah. I'm a shaver. I can't not shave. And then you have to wait so long before you can get it again. I go, well, see, I'm, I'm also, that's the other thing as an entrepreneur. I'm very organized and systematic. So, like, uh -huh. everything is on the schedule. Okay. So I'm an every four-week girl. Okay. But also, I've been getting wax for 20 years, so it just grows differently. So uh, Yes, it just yeah. grows differently. But if not a wax, shave, laser. But that, to me, is divinely feminine. No shade to anyone who loves all of their bush who loves it all <laughs> like like and if that's your thing by all means yeah when i leave my wax i feel like i'm walking on yeah. cloud twenty-seven thousand trillion. i mean i feel like we can sit there for a second because i feel like whatever beauty feels, feels like, like to for you, you yes. is a beautiful thing and you know anyone listening i feel like you know i honor you saying that and you wax and i shave and you know, they, I think it's beautiful, beautiful, and I feel like we're getting that more now, especially with social media. People just really feeling like, what is beautiful to me, and why that doesn't have to look like what Ty and Koya says, you know? And I feel like the more that we look at all these different things as inspiration, not like the law, that's... I feel like that's where we've gotten lost along the way. Yep. Because even with relationships that we're, you know, talking about, the relationship with self, it's like whenever you're trying to carbon copy someone else you're never gonna get it right like you literally have to figure speak. out what works for you speak. speak and also recognize like what works for you is your superpower mm -hmm. like that's that that is the uniqueness and i know it sounds so cliche but like you know that's why even as we we talked earlier about like the social media piece and how do you get there and how uh, it's one thing to be inspired by someone's journey. It's mm -hmm. one thing, it's another thing to extract the elements of that person's journey and figure out what is applicable to your journey. Right. Because there's no carbon copy in terms of even like step by step here, do this, do this, do this, you'll get here. Mm -hmm. we, we buy into that and then we end up feeling disappointed when it doesn't work because your superpower is what you bring to it. Right. Your superpower is how you actualize or manifest what your God-given destiny is or what is meant for you or what you want to create. Like, that's your superpower. Mm -hmm. And to do it in your way, your own way, that, that sets you apart. Right. That is beautiful. That is, so you waxing, you feeling good, <laughs> you loving yourself up. <laughs> and when it comes to intentionality, this manifestation, we're going to put a little, uh, what is it, a questionnaire okay. online for your ideal partner. Oh, are, is that what we're doing? Did you just come up with this? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it sound the good? Call, the call, well, look, I was like, what makes it sound good? Like, like a good idea. The call, the, call, the call is out. The call is out. Okay, <clears throat> here we go. 
your ideal partner? Um, he is a man of God. He is an, 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 an a man of God, and I mean really like a man of God in deep faith. Um, I had, I shared with someone recently, I had this crazy, um, and I'm Christian, but I, I grew up with a sister who's Jewish. I grew up with an uncle who's Muslim. Mm -hmm. um, I went to Catholic school, so I can recite most of those things. Um, I was super, super exposed. So I'm a person of faith, but I am Christian, and I enjoy Christian practices in order to develop my faith. But I read everything, right? and I'm open to that. Um, but I have had I, the idea of worshiping and being in honor and reverence to God with my partner is paramount. Um, and then secondarily, he can't be no buster. Like, mm -hmm. no, I, I sound like so like country. Um, <laughs> I'm from Jersey anyway. Um, but, you know, he has to have his stuff together. Um, um, There's levels to that stuff together. So you want someone stuff together. What does that look like? Well, equally yoked in terms of spirit, emotional, and psychological, but he has to be wanting to, he has to be evolving and growing. I will say this, and you mentioned, you said something that made me think about this before. It's like, um, I also am very clear of what I have to give at this current moment in, in, in life. I want a co-pilot in life, but I also recognize that I might need him to be the pilot right now in some areas. Right. In mm -hmm. some things. Um, yeah, he likes to have a great time because I'm a I'm a turn up like mm -hmm. you know turn up. Yeah, you got to be able to turn up with you like Bonnie and Clyde. Like let's like we, we gotta like it, I like I like adventure. I like enjoyment. I love working. I want to build business with with my husband. Mm -hmm. Like I that's something I've always thought about. Um, so power couple, you gotta yeah, and I I think power couple in the sense like he might be like very much back, you know. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. And, you know, I, 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 I've never seen myself with someone who is too visible. Mm -hmm. Because, as I said earlier, I can be like this person who, like, really, like, doesn't want to necessarily be always on mm -hmm. um, and in front. Um, definitely mature. Was At my age, she probably has some kids. Open it at. Ideal. Um, ideal number of kids. Ideal kids or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, ideal, ideally kids. Ideally he has kids. Ideally he has kids, but okay. he has to want more too. Okay. But he has to, I, I mean, at this point, ideally. Because mm -hmm. if not, I'm questioning, like, if you're, if you're 45 and above and you ain't, I'm like, what happened? Mm-hmm. But, the, I mean, who knows? There might be some situation where... Ideally. This is your, your reality. So you would like to paint your man to have previous kids? Yeah. Okay. Ideally they're, ideally, they're also, at least some of them, or one of them, or eight, I don't know. Girl, <laughs> Koya, dang it. I, what? At least, to at, least, at, least, at least one of them is young enough to, where I can develop a, a really strong relationship with. Because okay. at certain ages, like, the kids won't be checking for you. So mm -hmm. I want to be a real stepmother. But I also want to have, and possibly adopt, mm -hmm. my own children as well. I, and if he has children... And exes and what have you. I see myself like hosting like the biggest, like everybody come. <laughs> bring your husband, bring your new boo. Like I, that's, I want love. Oh, I love it. This is just, it just makes my heart smile. Does it? I Who you got? I love talking about love. <laughs> Who you got? I got, you know. Oh, okay. 
I got a little something. Okay. You oh yeah, what you working with? I'm working with a little bit. Okay, good. You know, we'll see what you sharing? We'll see Is what manifesting. Yeah, I'm sharing your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, now she's like, wait a minute, this is my podcast. I'm talking to you and getting your tea. Getting your water. Uh, I'll spill the tea. I am dating. Good. And I feel like now No, that means one person or multiple people. I'm always so confused about that. Technically, <clears throat> I'm dating multiple people. Technically. Oh, yeah. But I, I am dating someone that I really like. So that, you're, there's, okay. Yeah. Perfect. So, but technically, until I'm married, I'm dating. Yes, sis, I agree. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Because at this point, I, I've told myself that I want a committed relationship, and then I do want to get married and have children. So, but I, what I've found lately is the more that I kind of, I've really taken the time to get to know myself. Mm. And I think I've shifted from being a country girl who, you know, wants to get married out of high school and have eight kids to, an, and, and very no, much no. only knew a codependent lifestyle mm. from my parents to independent mm. and traveling. And so the transition from that woman into the woman I am now, I'm really understanding who I am individually it's been a lot. Yeah. There's been a lot of healing. There's been a lot of growth. There's been, yeah. there's been a lot. And so I'm finally to the place where I realized being multifaceted, I was kind of like the runaway bride. Like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you, let's do it all. Because I, I love so much stuff. Yeah. But grew, you know, to understand, I, it was really important for me to articulate what I'm at, exactly what I'm asking you, which is why I'm doing it. Like, what do you want? What do you really want? What is like your idea? If you could have exactly what. And I had to ask myself that mm. so many times. And I asked myself that after every relationship, Relationship because every relationship teaches me more and more what I want. Exactly. And Which is why people, when people, when young people, first of all, I, the idea of, um, and I have a friend who got married at 20, mm -hmm. not, not actually a guy friend, um, who got married at 20. And I was like, you don't really know yourself then to know that. And so not to coach, but I do, but inspire younger women who may come from a certain place the I'm pragmatically the numbers, the chances of the person that you're supposed to marry out of the trillions of people in the world being in your high school class. I mean, just from a number statistically, mm -hmm. that sounds crazy to me. It can happen mm -hmm. and it might work. I think a hundred years ago, 50 years ago, when we didn't have the advancements of social media where everyone's swiping left or swiping right, mm -hmm. or you could, you know, see somebody on snap and be like, Oh, that's my friend. Like, the chances of that, but the way that we get to know ourselves are through our relationships, both platonic or otherwise. Right. And so those experiences, I think, teach us. And so what I will say is that I'm 42 years old. I know a lot about Tybo Shump, and I'm very, very clear. Um, you asked about the other things that I need, and he has to be honest. He mm -hmm. has to be communicative. I can't deal with any. I don't like people who tell tales. Right. Um, and then. There has to be some type of crazy physical energy. Mm -hmm. I don't have this specific type. I've dated all height ranges. <laughs> I've dated all ethnicities. Um, I've dated various aesthetics and men. Like, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But I have to look. There has to be something that happens here where I'm like, oof. Mm -hmm. Come here. Because on the days when I'm not feeling you spiritually, emotionally, or psychologically, <laughs> that physical got to kick in. <laughs> what I need. 
Hey, yes. it's, it's really important. And I feel like, too, like, you know, we have grown to, as women, sometimes we don't talk about what we need. But, and I think that's also a transition from old school, like, you know, marriage out of high school, as you mentioned, until now, we know what we want, what we desire, and how we want to be loved. When before, it's just like, okay, yes, if you give me what I want, I'll give you what you want. And that's just the thing. That's it's not it. a conversation yeah. about what do, does it look like or feel like to you to be fully fulfilled and asking that of a partner. And also, like, not just asking those questions, there's a little bit of a training process that happens mm -hmm. in that, too. You can't expect people to come to the table and just because you express us what you want and what you need, for them mm -hmm. to fully be able to actualize that right. and to provide that. Um, and so I think, obviously, you have to have your priorities and be like, okay, well, I'm willing to share with you this and help teach you to understand what I need and vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, I was someone you know that I've been out with before um, actually said to me he was like you know he hasn't had a co-pilot ever and he said to me you know in looking at his past relationships what uh, what other women hadn't done for him um, in terms of thoughtfulness and what have you and I'm a huge believer now some men don't need that some people don't require that mm -hmm. there are some partners who you know you have to understand what your love language is and what resonates and being thoughtful is a part of who I am. And so if it's uncomfortable for you, for me to ask, what, what can I do to support you? What can I do to help and really mean it? Then I'm not the woman for you either. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah. I, I think, and there are, there are people that don't necessarily receive the same way. Mm -hmm. um, and also there are times in relationships, first of all, I don't believe anything is 50-50. You know, that thing that people says all things being equal, even if you look at your tires and, and, and the monitor on the tires on your car, one might be 36, one might be 38. Mm -hmm. One might be 41, another one might be 37. No, nothing is all things being equal. Right. So when we're, when we're literally looking for, and this might be completely antithetical to what you teach in your practice of yoga, the idea of balance is a misnomer for me. We, we need to seek harmony. Mm -hmm. And so in a relationship, my philosophy is that sometimes it might be 30, 70. What I realize where I am right now, um, I probably, with, with my transition, with me trying to figure out where I'm going to live, with me trying to figure out what the next project is and what it looks like and what I want to devote my energy and time to, with me trying to figure out how to reinvest, whatever, I might only have 40% of this 100% to give right now. Mm -hmm. So if you're requiring more, and vice versa. So I just think that, you know, being honest with yourself about understanding the dynamics of a relationship mm -hmm. and uh, being clear about what works for you and uh, working together to reconcile to be sure that each person is supported and loved and what their desires and their needs are. That's beautiful. All right. We got a rapid fire for okay. you. Okay. Uh, favorite book? Uh, uh, the Alchemist by po uh, Paolo Coelho. Mm, love. Yep. Um, favorite movie? Um, oh, my gosh. That's... So I used to say Shawshank Redemption. I, I used to love, love, love that movie. Um, favorite movie? Boys in the Hood. No. Oh, my God. That's such a good one. Yeah, Boys in the Hood is a good, like, I love Boys in the Hood. I, um, I'm not by any stretch a movie buff because my memory is, like, really bad. Like, mm. even after I see things, like, I, I quickly forget. Um, but I love watching documentaries, so I can mm. just I can I just watched the Mike Wallace doc. Um, I also just recently saw Harriet. 
Uh, oh, that was which, which was <laughs> Cynthia. I, I didn't get to see her the other night at ABFF where she was honored yes. with the Rising Star Award. Um, but Cynthia and I share a makeup artist, and we also mm -hmm. have known each other from New York when she was on I need Broadway. Your makeup artist. Yes, <laughs> she's actually not. She's in the Sherman Oaks. Yeah, but I have a couple. I have a couple here that are amazing, so I'll okay. give them to you. I did this today though. So, okay. I like the natural, okay. the natural. Yeah, yeah, a natural contour. beat, a natural yeah. nice beat. I get it. Um, but love Cynthia. I thought she was amazing. Um, what I, I with movies, um, and this is sugar. Let me shut up. Rapid fire. Go ahead. <laughs> that's okay. Like, I'm like there are actually up, no rules. Like there are no rules. Like that, that's when you get Tybo shot the talker. <laughs> like oh yeah. Um, but I, I just I love culture. So yeah. for me, anything that really kind of. Uh, looks at culture, dissects culture, and or inspires culture, or is a revisit of culture is really fun to me. I love that. And what would you tell your 16-year-old self? You could tell her anything. You have no idea. You are responsible for um, the path that you take, and you have to own that path. It's going to change. The idea of honoring your mother and father and the, is, is facts. Mm -hmm. To love yourself is an understatement. Um, I think you'll, you'll, you'll learn to love yourself because you will know her. You'll get to know her. I had no idea what that really meant at 16. Mm -hmm. No clue. That, that sweet 16 party you're trying to throw is not everything, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Stop stressing. That, is so that ain't it. And last question, how do you get loved up? Ooh, by me or by others? By you. Oh. <laughs> you see where my mind is? Uh, we got to do an extended <laughs> version, okay? Actually, I'm... <laughs> Part two. <laughs> um, you know what? It's, so my favorite thing to do right now is a couple of things. My favorite... I'll give you favorite things to do. Hike, train, spend time with my godchildren, and pray. I could talk to you forever, but thank you so much for She's coming. You're like, I ain't got no time. <laughs> thank We're you. We're gonna Koya. give some love. Thank you so We're much. gonna give some love to our people. We're gonna bring the heart in, do this heart hand. Okay. Until next time, love yourself, love others, and love the planet. Throw it at them. Hey. In 2019, I wrote my first book, Let Your Fears Make You Fears: How to Turn Common Obstacles into Seeds for Growth. In the book, I share some of my biggest challenges I faced on my journey to living my purpose and how I overcame them using simple yet profound daily reflections and rituals that I share in the book. I'm excited for you to dive in and experience your own evolution into the best version of yourself. Go to KoyaWeb.com to check it out and join the Get Loved Up membership for daily meditations, recipes, workouts, and everything that you need to live a healthy and active lifestyle mentally, spiritually, and physically. Go to koyaweb.com forward slash audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, if you'd rather listen to it at your own convenience. Let's get loved up.